0: Hello, my friends. For many people, financial stewardship isn't just about smart financial decisions. They also want to allocate their resources in a way that is consistent with their values and their religious principles. Revo Financial brings biblical wisdom to the financial planning and investment process. Whether planning for retirement or college, For a first-time home or special charitable or estate strategy, Revo Financial will come alongside you and help you define your financial goals and establish a plan to reach them. For more information or to set up a complimentary one-on-one appointment, visit RevoFinancial.com or call 918-336-7877. Revo Financial. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. I am your host, Caleb Gordon. So excited that you're here with us this week for this week's episode. Um, I, I just want to say, yeah, truly, thank you for everyone. I mean, this has been three years. We've been doing this for three years, and and God has just continued to be faithful to us and and to let us get content out on the on the radio and online. For everyone to hear, so thank you so much for listening, and uh, like the people that help uh, sponsor this program and, and get us on the radio and on the internet. Thank you, thank you. Um, as you guys know, fall is upon us. I mean, this week <laughs> the the temperatures dropped. I'm wearing a long sleeve sweatshirt this morning. So, um, wow, it's been. It's been awesome. I I love it. Um, As fall kicks into gear, seriously, get yourself something warm to drink from Outpost Coffee. Find out more about what they're doing at OutpostCoffeeCo.com. So seriously, on today's program, I just want us to to think about the idea of being unashamed. Uh, The system in which we live, the world in which we live right now, everyone is um, nervous to talk about the gospel Um, the biblical gospel. There's a lot of people that want to talk about being spiritual and being um, religious, but we're not interested in actual biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity is a rare commodity in the world in which we live right now. And that can even be... I'll throw myself under the bus because, I mean, there's been moments where I've been... um, I just had an opportunity to share the gospel, and I just didn't want to. Uh, whether it's personal, um, just comfort or personal, I just, you know, the Holy Spirit laid something on me, and I was like, nah, I don't want to say anything. You might think I'm crazy, or I, I just don't want to say anything. I, I remember several years ago, I was invited to come speak for a an event at Soldar City. And I was tasked with the, with sharing the idea of what it looks like to be an unashamed Christian in the world in which we live. So that, that was the task at hand. And so I, <clears throat> I actually spoke to roughly a thousand young men and talked about the idea of what it looks like to be an unashamed Christian and just laid out the the blueprint on how to be unashamed. And that weekend, I mean, we spent the entire weekend there in Branson and we went to, <clears throat> there's a large outlet mall there. My my wife wanted to go do some shopping and so we went down there and and looked at some different stores and, and I, the kids were really young at the time and they like those little carousels that are outside the stores and so... My wife wanted to go shopping and the kids were out riding the, the carousels. And I remember there was another fella that was there. There was another guy that was standing there. And we began to engage and talk about all kinds of things. We talked about <clears throat> his work. We talked about my work. We talked about all the things you could possibly talk about. But I never mentioned Jesus. I never mentioned the scriptures. I never mentioned that Jesus is amazing, and he's precious, and he's glorious, and that that honestly has been something that's haunted me, because I just, I mean, I had a golden opportunity, but I didn't. I didn't say anything. I didn't, <clears throat> and, and that, I mean, and I know that I don't want to wear that, because, I, because I'm not sovereign, and I'm not the one who does the saving, but man, I, I want to be the v i want to be the tool that god uses i want to be the the vessel that god uses to to share the good news I, I i want to be that guy and not for any glory of my own but i just want i want people to like i have a desire to see people saved i want to see people uh, come to know christ i've got an evangelistic leaning in my heart and in my spirit And so my heart's desire is to see men and women come to know who Jesus Christ is. So uh, 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 the idea that we as Christians are to be unashamed is just, like it it flows through the scriptures. Us sharing the gospel should be as natural and normal as breathing. I I look at the text in Romans chapter 1, and it just, Paul's, Paul's heart is is just overflowing. I'm pulling up the text right now, but <clears throat> Paul's overwhelming desire in the text is to see men and women come to know Christ, and, and he's just he's just overwhelmed with the idea of of sharing the gospel, and he's praying for people, and he has this desire to see. And this is this is what happens when the church is unashamed. Like, if the church lived in a state of unashamedness of the gospel, I don't think we'd have any of the issues that we have in the world in which we live. I don't think we'd have all the problems. I think if if the church would just do what the church is called to do, um, we we'd see different results in the world. Um, I look at Romans ten, or Romans chapter one, verse ten says. Always in prayer, asking somehow by God's will that I may now at last succeed in coming to you. He has Paul has a desire to get to the people of the church of Rome. He has a desire to see them. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That That is, we may be mutually encouraged. Like if the church was just on fire for the desire to want to have fellowship, man we like we've shut down our churches for the last six months and it is not the time to do that the church we have an admonition from the lord do not neglect to meet together in hebrews and but but yet we here we are we're doing it we're we're neglecting to meet together and let me just say this online church church on the phone Watching your church on a phone, watching your church on the internet is not the church. It is a podcast. It is an extra thing that you should do during the week. I think that, I mean, online sermons are great. I listen to them. Online podcasts are great. I listen to them. But that is not to replace the church. Like, it is not to replace the church. The church is a the gathering of the saints. Like, it's the gathering together of the saints. And we're called... Like we Paul has this overarching desire to want to be in the presence of other believers. He's like, I just, I have an overarching, I have a desire, I have a desire to be next to you. I long, listen to that. I long to see you. Man, are you longing to see other believers? Are you longing to see um, other people come to know Christ? Are you longing for that? If you're not, that's a problem. Like that's a real problem um and then he verse 13 he's, you know brothers as often as i intended to come to you but has i've been prevented like he's been prevented he's been t- he's been in, in a spot where he couldn't get to him and there's times and seasons when you can't get to to people i get that but the longing and the desire to be with one another should always be prevalent and i love this there's 14 he says paul says i am under obligation both to the greeks and to the barbarians, but to the wise and to the foolish. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you that are here in Rome. So, so Paul has this just—it's he's obligated. It's compulsion to get the gospel out. Like I've got like it's—it's it's a fire in his bones. It's just—I mean—it's in his belly. He's got to get it out, man. I've got to get this message out. I, I just—I'm under obligation. He understands. What Christ has done on his behalf, and that should be our our the burning in our bones should be man I'm obligated I'm obligated to share the gospel to everyone I'm obligated both to the Greeks and to the barbarians but to the wise and to the foolish I Caleb Gordon, am obligated to share the gospel you Jim Smith, you Janice Jones whoever. Whoever you are, you, if you belong to Christ, you are obligated to share the gospel. Like, it's not, Paul, Paul was under obligation because he understood what Christ had done on, on his behalf, what Christ had done to save him, to reconcile him, to redeem him. And guess what? Jesus did the same thing. He, the same way he saved Paul is the same way he saved you by his blood on the cross. And this is, we're under obligation. We, we were under the wrath of God, and now the wrath of God has been subsided. It's been appeased by the blood of Christ on the cross. And because of that, you no longer are going to receive the, the wrath of God. Rather, you're going to receive the blessings of God. And so as a result of that, Paul says, I'm under obligation, so I'm eager to preach. I'm eager to talk. He said, well, Caleb, wait a minute. I'm not a preacher. That's okay. Okay. That's okay that you're not a preacher. You still have an obligation. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a sphere of influence. You have an opportunity. You have a place to share the good news of Jesus Christ, wherever you are. So for you to say that you do not have uh, the, uh, I'm not a preacher. I'm not this or whatever. Like that just, that doesn't hold water. Like we're called as Christians to be unashamed. And to share, and to and to Matthew twenty eight says, he told the disciples, "Go make disciples." He didn't say, "Go make disciples if you've got a degree." Go make disciples if you've got this. If you belong to Christ, you're called to make disciples in your sphere of influence, in your home. Like that's where you start. Start in your home. Make disciples in your home. Love your kids well. Pray with your kids. Pray with your wife. Pray with your husband. Like. Make disciples in your home and you begin there and then it just, it, it'll just spread from there. It'll move out from there because if you make disciples in your home, then the people in your home will go out and make disciples as a result of you um, making disciples there. Uh, so it's just important, so Paul just, he, he follows up, he says, for I am unashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of salvation, like, that's the beautiful, like, think about that, this has the power of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ has the power to save, to redeem, to reconcile, why in the world would we want to hold this back, why would we want to be quiet, why would we want to not say anything about this, like, when God comes in and changes a man, woman, or boy's heart or girl's heart, it transforms their entire life. Like, when the heart is changed, the life is changed. Like, if we're trying to mold and shape things on the outside to change the outside first, it's not going to work. You have to change the heart. You have to go after the heart. And when you go after the heart, the rest of the life will be changed. It, it just will be. It'll be transformed. It'll be different. And it will look different. It, it just will. It'll look different. So that's why Paul says, it's the power to salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and then also to the Greek. For it is the righteousness of God. It's revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just or the righteous shall live by faith like that's the text that transformed the heart of martin luther as he was climbing stairs he, he was re- just reciting these verses and the power of god's word penetrated martin luther's heart and he just was like wait the, the wait a minute from faith to faith as it's written the just the justified the righteous will live by faith not by works like that's what transformed that's what ignited the reformation like we're getting ready to celebrate the reformation in october like that that's what ignited the gospel revolution in the protestant reformation it was that single verse the power of god's word sola scriptura the power of god's word to come in and just absolutely radically transform the heart of a man woman boy or girl is just un paralleled and honestly i think there needs to be a sense of urgency i, I think that the, like so many christians don't have a sense of urgency i, I always think of the illustration by ray comfort <clears throat> and he said you know it was what if you were if you were scheduled to speak we're coming up on september 11th uh, that's i mean actually by the time this airs uh september 11th will have already uh, the anniversary of september 11th will already have happened if you were scheduled to speak to a group of people on the 112th floor of the North Tower of the World Trade Center on September 10th, 2001, and you knew what um, what awaited them the next day. What would your what would your message be to them? Would your message be, "Hey, you need to really invest. You need to make sure your bank accounts are in line. You really need to make sure." Uh, your house looks good you need to make sure um, you did this you made is that what you're going to talk about you're going to talk about hey you're going to make sure and get that extra that new car no like the goal is going to be to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the men and women you encounter why because you have a sense of urgency. You know that they're, what they're about to face. You know that they're about to be a part of something that is going to be horrific. And here's the thing. We are not promised the next 30 seconds. We're not promised the next hour. We're not promised the next day. And this could be the opportunity that you... like, As I was getting ready this morning, I just I heard sirens. And then I found out there was a wreck down at the intersection not too far from my house and like nobody knows what what tomorrow holds nobody knows what the next hour holds that's the reason we need to be ever vigilant ever mindful of the gospel of jesus christ and we need to be proclaiming it because that is what i mean it's one thing for your body to to decay and and die it's another thing for your soul to be in eternal torment in hell like, that's, that's a motivating factor for me. I, I want to see men and women come to know Christ, to know that he's good, to know that he is glorious, the, to know that he is righteous, and that he, he cares for us. Peter tells us that, that we can lay our, exa- lay our anxieties, lay our, cast our cares at his feet because he cares for us. Like, that's the God we serve. That's the God we, we, we love and hold to. And the power of an unashamed church will manifest these things. You're going to see men and women come to know Christ. Now, you keep going and you get into verse 18 and talking about the wrath of God coming. This is what happens when the church is unashamed, or when the church is ashamed, when the church is quiet, when the church does not proclaim the gospel, when we've got churches filled with false teachers. The next thing happens in verse 18. Verse 18 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteous suppress the truth. Like that's, this is what happens when the church is ashamed. When the church is quiet on the gospel, we suppress the truth of the gospel. And then what happens? For what can be known of God is plain to them. So God's presence through creation and through conscience is prevalent and and precise it's in front of us we know that god exists because of two things conscience that god put in us and creation those two things we understand and know that and and because we suppress this because we suppress the truth of the gospel we now have what we have like this is the reason uh, things are the way they are is because we've suppressed the gospel of jesus christ um, e- even in our churches like we're not our, our churches are not proclaiming the gospel um, i saw this incredible quote from francis Schaeffer. i want to read it to you it says this christians have largely shut up their spirituality into a small corner of life on sunday church or their bible studies instead of realizing that the lordship of christ is to permeate the whole spectrum of life they have coasted along complacently, often serving up such dogmas as you can't mix religion and politics, or you can't legislate morality, or we just need to pray and witness to people, when what they really meant was we just don't want to be disturbed. They have a content comfort zone that they live in. Like, that's that's the state of the church. And when you have an on church, this is what we get. Like this is the, the direction we get. and we end up with the the hellishness that is sitting at our doorstep. And, and I've said for for over a decade now, the problem with our country is not at the foot does not lie at the footsteps of the White House and Congress. The problem of the nation lies at the foot of the doorstep of the church. When the church does what the church is supposed to do, and that's not just, no, okay, we feed the poor. No, the, the, the primary objective of the church is to be the vessel that God uses to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what transforms. Giving somebody some food doesn't transform their heart. Sure, it fills their belly, but it doesn't transform their heart. And if you give people food, but you do not give them the gospel, you are wasting your time and you, you send them to hell with full bellies. That's, that's it. The church is to, is to be the beacon, the light, the city on a hill. Like, that's what we're supposed to be. That illustration of a city on a hill is, is someone who's been wandering for a long time in the wilderness. And they see the light and the refuge of the city. The place where they can find food and they can find shelter and they can find rest. Like, that's the picture. Jesus is the bread of life, the food. The rest is Christ, the gospel. That, that's, the, that's the picture. We are to be the city on a hill to show off the beacon of the gospel of jesus christ and if we're ashamed of that we are going to end up with romans chapter 1 verses 18 through 32 like that's going to be our 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 direction our direction will be romans 1 18 through 32 like that's it if you're if we're not living romans 1 8 through 16 then you're wasting your time like you're we're wasting our time and i think so many christians have been Complacent, and we've just rolled with the punches, and we've been quiet and comfortable. And this is what I—this is the one thing I will say that I love about this "quote-unquote" pandemic, is it has disturbed some of us, and it has up, upset some of the normalcy. And it's weeding out. I think honestly, and, and I'm going to promise you this: as this year goes on, it's going to get messier. I mean, with, with the election, now they're saying that it's not, it's got to be months before we know who's the actual president. There's going to be upheaval. And it is going to be, there's going to be persecution inside. the. I mean, the church is going to have persecution on them. <laughs> people who love the gospel will be persecuted. We're already starting. You already see the picture. already starting. But as this thing gets messier and messier and messier, uh, people like you and I, who love the the Lord Jesus Christ and love His Word, will be tested like never before, and will be persecuted like we've never been persecuted before here in America. It's going to be a different ball game, and it's gonna it's gonna to be tough. And this is the one thing I will say: is it, it's weeding out the cultural Christians. It's weeding out the people that just go to church for the social network side of things. That is not why you go to church. You go to the church because it is the lifeblood. Of the churches where we go for the recharge and the and the rest of, and, and the place for for hope and fellowship and and communion and worship like that's the point of the church it's not a social networking place to get your business better uh, seen that's not it and that's what I love about this this thing that's happening in 2020 is the world is being shaken come on. So my, my hope for us is that we would be a people that are pursuing the gospel, that we're loving Jesus more than we're loving the world, that we are unashamed that we're sharing the gospel and we're being a light. We're being salt. We're being what we've been called to be. And that's to be a peculiar, different kind of people because that's who we are. The scripture says we're aliens. This isn't our home. Our home's on the other side of this thing. That's where we're going to spend our eternity. And that's where we need to put our hope and our trust in is what Christ has done on the cross. Live in repentance and pursue Christ. That's going to change everything. Love y'all. Have an incredible week. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.